0: Saturday, January 19 2019. This is postmark wait. Is that how it goes? Date? This is postmark Yeah, okay okay, I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> oh my god. okay. Saturday, January 19th, 2019. This is Postmarked. I'm 32, and I'm Scott Southern.
1: And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend. Our golden episode. Our
0: golden episode, 32.
1: Never in my life could I have dreamed that at 32 years old, I would be recording the 32nd episode of my podcast with my 32-year-old friend, Scott, in... uh, in, our, in, in my uh, office, in my apartment in Chicago, Illinois. The big city. Who'd have dreamed? Golden birthday, people. That's a weird thing. People that celebrate their golden birthday. People or that celebrate their golden birthday and acknowledge that this is their golden birthday.
0: Yeah, I think th- <laughs> that's just something you say because you don't really have anything else notable to say about that number.
1: Is that what it is? I think. But what about the people that are like, well, I'm turning 21, and it's also my golden birthday, so you know it's going to get crazy.
0: Yeah, that's probably lame to do. I
1: honestly didn't know that there was like such a thing as a golden birthday until I was probably 16, so the, the idea of all of it is fucking strange to me, like but th- then again like you grew up on the east coast like sweet 16 parties are oh, was uh, real? they are a thing yeah really yeah oh someone uh, gets isn't that strange? Some
0: dad gets a jeep for their kid
1: yeah yeah yellow jeep for for my daughter on her sweet 16 you ever you don't like your birthday or you don't
0: like i don't care i don't dislike it? it i'm fine with it i uh-huh. just don't like i don't like a lot of a lot of uh kerfuffle i don't like to be the center of uh of a, of an evening's plans. What is that?
1: What's the matter with you? I don't know. It's it's like there's a lot of pressure there. You remember there there was a time in my life when we had uh, to decide how we were going to go about fulfilling the obligations of one's half birthday.
0: <laughs> Wait, what?
1: Remember? No. What? Yeah, we had we had to go oh. to a couple of half birthday parties. Oh yeah, That's I do remember that. The weirdest thing ever. It was
0: not our half birthdays. It was someone else's half birthday. Someone else's half birthday. That was
1: adamant about a party. Which also, like, the fact that it was a half birthday (laughs) that was in August. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I can understand if you have some sort of, like, moment when you're maybe, like, 25 years old. And you're like, oh, it's my half birthday. And... That day happens maybe in in uh, in February, when you're like, I celebrated half birthdays in elementary school because all the other kids got to bring in Dunkin' Donuts for the for the class, and I wanted to be able to birthday, do that too, yeah. right? Yeah, but I was I wasn't at school on my birthday, so that's what I did. That's bad. kind of fucked up. Still, sure. still, I remember a couple of people like not like rocking that half birthday, and I was like, I know I didn't like you already.
0: And, I mean, like, why does it
1: matter? Once, once you, twenty one is the last birthday. That's the last birthday you have. Maybe, maybe twenty is it twenty six? You can rent a car, and that's pretty cool. You get yeah, to rent a car. I'm totally down. I mean, like, definitely cool with.
0: Let's go out to dinner for your birthday. Let's do this thing. Maybe we throw a surprise party for one person once a year. Totally. Doesn't yeah. matter what age they are. But yeah. for you to insist that on your
1: birthday that something happens... The last day that you can do that is when you turn 26. Like, you can't be like, yo, sure. we got to go all out. We're, we're gonna going to go out, out to here for dinner. Then we're going to go out here for we're drinks. Up. And then we're going to go here for
0: karaoke.
1: Karaoke late night because I'm turning 26 and I can rent a car now. So I go all out on that <laughs> this birthday. is when
0: I do it, our friend Alan has a yearly karaoke party for his birthday which is really cool yeah but alan's but like rents one of those out of place. right he's, he's one of those dudes that's just like
1: yeah he's a he's a born he's being host because he's he's one of those guys too where like i don't know i don't know how everybody knows him i don't i know how i know him which is just because everybody knows yeah, him. Yeah, me too you know those those people where it's just like everybody knows you, everybody yeah. knows yeah
0: and i think that's actually I, I like that move a lot because we're not like we're pals, I have his phone number, but I very rarely use. I very rarely text him or call him or anything. But if there's an excuse to go hang out with him, it's a really great way that he can, like force all of the people that he knows into
1: one room together. Yep, yep, and everyone's excited about it. That's right. a good he does one. A, he does a good job. of just like bringing everybody together because it's like everybody here associates this person with goodness in some way, as opposed to you know everybody's like, well, you shouldn't rent a car because you aren't a very good driver and this is going to be bad for you. Like, I don't know if I support this decision to celebrate this opportunity for you to, like, fuck up a Kia Sedona You somewhere. don't even have a
0: driver's license. Right,
1: exactly. And, uh, yeah, so, so anyway, we're here We're here on our golden birthday, our 32nd episode of, of this podcast hosted by two 32-year-olds, 32. It's, uh, you know, it's... Kind of a whatever number. What are you gonna do? I don't know what I'm gonna do with thirty-two.
0: Did we wait? Did we do thirty-two already? I feel like we talked about Karl Malone versus Magic Johnson.
1: Oh, is this thirty-three?
0: I don't know. I'm looking at her feed, and it says it should be thirty-two.
1: Oh, okay. Oh no, because we talked about like get ready for thirty-two, oh, yeah, and I said Carmelo, yeah, and Magic I was Johnson. like, that's a weird thing to to think about first. You think about. Carl Malone, the man, of man. people? Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the guy that was like, well, if Matt Johnson says he has HIV and he wants to play basketball, I don't know if I'm going to try and guard him because I don't know what's going to happen to me. It's like, wow. Okay, Carl. Wow, you are such a piece of shit. <laughs> But yeah, 32, 32 episodes of this program. I'm um, been looking forward to talking to you today because you were like, "What's the who's the best character in Pulp Fiction?" And Dude, I was like, let's talk about the the most overrated movie oh of all God. time. That's all right. really what I want to talk about. I
0: feel like that is there's not a frame of reference here for that conversation. <laughs> i taking sorry. his shirt off. It's
1: really hot in here, and I don't have an undershirt <laughs> on. It's, it's my half birthday, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna take on golden off. <laughs> half birthday. Uh,
0: no, okay. I feel like we've been on a good. You asked me, I asked you about your favorite. We were on a good. We were on a good uh, back and forth of like, rut yeah, of like right of top two, who's top your, three. Yeah, what's who's your, your favorite? favorite
1: sports announcer? Who who would you like to be? That was a good question. The big room. Who would you like to be in the big room? Which for the the context of this program, like um you know Scott Scott and I are bonded by a few things wrestling is is one of them but before wrestling there was Air Force One starring Harrison Ford and uh, there's a lot of great scenes in that movie that take place in the big room with the big table And maps and TVs, and you got the vice president there, you got some uh, page boys, you got the secretary of defense, you got all of these people that are there. It's really brightly lit and a lot of commotion, a lot of noise, a lot of of activity. Oh, you see all these people with ties on that are just running. And so, my question posed to Scott was, Who would you like to be in the big room? Well, and I
0: think it's also worth mentioning here that it's not just Air... I think we bonded hard over Air Force One, but it's because it's a really well-crafted film that uses the tropes of action movies in in this really, like, absurdly patriotic, affable fashion, Mm -hmm. and...
1: The big room is. There's a big room in every right? Movie. Yeah, we got. We, you got the big room in uh, in Houston. Oh you know, my God! Anything Apollo that thirteen. Yeah. Space Armageddon's a very good uh, big room movie. Um, yeah. Anytime there's like a large like crisis scenario, you have the big room, and the big room tends to be occupied by you know some people who maybe want to just shoot the plane out of the sky and i don't care if the president's on there he was a navy seal so he'll be able to survive something like that and then you got the one that's like you know one of my favorites of the uh, the big room hmm. is you know typically these are these are rooms filled with americans but there's always one english guy that's in there that's like actually we wouldn't want to do that
0: yeah that's the contrarian yeah the one that always has something else that's probably pretty thoughtful and smart
1: oh yeah because you know we got this big fucking meteor that's heading towards earth this this big asteroid and then you got this guy with a bunch of pins and, and and a jacket on and he's like he's like let's just go and drop a bunch of nukes on there and then the then the one guy's like i wouldn't want to do that sir think about a firecracker you light it with your palm open. What happens? You bend your hand. You enclose your fist around the firecracker. What happens? You just lost your hand. Well, what are you suggesting? And then Billy Bob Thornton comes in. We drill. And there you go. That's that was so good. I'm gonna, I really like Billy Bob Thornton in that role of just being the guy that's like, you know, he's taken everybody's shit and he never seems to be swayed by it. But you know that he's got like a lucky charm in his pocket of some sort. You know he's got some weird cork.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, he, he doesn't... It's not displayed in the, in the intro to this ensemble cast. You're not sure exactly his thing. But it's clear that he's something.
1: So my question to you is who do you want to be in the big room?
0: So I think my answer... Right away was the uh, the tech guy that you can go to for numbers. Mm. The uh, the uh, how many minutes left do we have until the meteor crashes? Yeah. You see some fake typing.
1: Comes you back. listen to you listen to Blind Check," uh, the Edward Scissorhands, where yeah. Griffin talks about how he has to type without making noise and how terrible. That Never feels. thought about that. Unbelievable, but you watch like Alan Cummings and. Uh, in Goldeneye, and he when he's playing Boris, and he's hitting those numbers hard, baby. Yeah, that's true. But that's kind of his thing, right? Like, well, he's a lot more of a character. Boris is. Yeah, Boris is like, part.
0: Boris is is like the fleshed out version, I think, of one of my favorite characters in that big room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Technor, the Newman in uh, Jurassic got a little Park. Bit,
1: oh yeah, Newman's fantastic. Those characters, yeah, they do They've have a little bit roles. more behind them. You can understand like their uh, their motivation. But, yeah, the guy that's just, like, kind of the dweeby dude that's... You're only in there because your brain works faster than most everybody else totally. is in there. Um, but, yeah, you kind of smell or you're, like, yeah, weird looking. Yeah, you're the looking. sweaty guy or the one that, like, yeah, has the weird hair. You got some... Maybe you got some pictures of some girls yeah, on, you your, on your desktop. You got
0: stickers and stuff. Yeah.
1: See, mine is the... Uh, I'm the guy who runs in to let everybody know that the the terrorist is on the line and everything goes silent Mm -hmm. when this happens usually there's a lot of ruckus going around people yelling and i'm just like he's on line one
0: and everybody like turns and looks up you get that shot right after at these like scared faces of all of the important people in the room Mm -hmm. and then someone has to make a big decision yeah glenn close
1: glenn close Unbelievable vice president. She's so good. That was so. That's such a dope reveal in that movie where you're like, you know, it's it's like, I think that James Marshall, uh, Harrison Ford's president in Air Force One, is is modded out of a Kennedy Reagan figure. Sure. Um, a really likable celebrity. Really likable, affable guy that you trust. He's maybe leaning a little bit more towards the, the Reagan side of things because he's tough. Yeah, he's all family but values kind of guy. That, you know that he's a progressive. And then when you see them refer to his vice president and outsteps Glenn Close, it's like, oh, dude, you're the fucking he's such man. Such a cool president. Everybody's behind <laughs> Everybody this likes this president. Mm-hmm. Except for his advisors who are like, you just you just went against policy. You just lost us voters yeah and he's like well i said it so now it is policy
0: i mean he always knows what the right thing to do is i think is a very important part about james marshall
1: but your question to me as i'm sitting in i was sitting in chipotle last night when you when you ask that question which i don't know when was the last time you had chipotle
0: i get it when uh jesse's gonna be out and i like when she's like i'm going to a friend's house tonight or whatever I'll pick up Chipotle on the way home.
1: Yeah. You know, it's not a bad move. No, dude. It's like seven bucks. And I'm I'm like kinda I'm I guess waiting for the day when it becomes like something that I'm not into, but I'm always into it's it. It's great. I never I never go out of my way to get it.
0: Right, but if it's on the way, it's like I don't feel like shit when I eat it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of food for not a super amount of money it seems fairly healthy you're eating vegetables
1: my chipotle move is always my goal is to get a, a burrito that the person making it has a hard time folding yeah. over it's possible you just got to work at it i do the
0: bowl and i ask for both of everything i ask for both rices both beans Yep. Yeah, yeah throw the veggies in there well,
1: i do both both rices black beans because the, oh, the pinto's got, bacon, pinto's in them, got yeah. bacon in it um but yeah you say you say who's the best character in Pulp Fiction, and I'm like, so
0: I just yeah, I needed to 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 start this off suggesting that we were talking about some pretty base level things. Uh-huh. That's all I wanted. I wanted to set the stage,
1: and that that's an interesting thing to point out because it's not like it's not like super, you know. I'm not asking it. your like...
0: favorite Kurosawa movie or anything, like right.
1: that. right? Yeah, who's your favorite character in Doctor Strange, Love? Also, big room, best big room, um, proto big room, and I'll tell you what. That guy, I've never been been too down with it. Quentin Tarantino? It was just like, it was one of those things that freshman year of high school, everybody's like, oh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. And I'm like, all right. And then I was in high school around the time Kill Bill was happening. Yeah. And I watched the first one the night before going to see the second one. About halfway through the second one, I was just like, "Dude, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. I'm just not feeling any of this." I think,
0: I think Kill Bill is an a problematic exercise in style. Yeah, I, and I, I think like it's fair to say that we Quentin Tarantino seems like a piece of shit and a probably unpleasant person to hang out with.
1: Well, here's the thing that that I I think is like, um. You know, you, there's obviously like the contrarian in me that's just like, nah, fuck that guy that everybody likes. Sure, and I can get to the root of that where you know you're in high school and anytime uh, movies come up, it's like, oh, well, what about Quentin Tarantino? It's like, yeah, that's the one. Him and like Tim Burton, and those are the those are the two like kind of arty directors that everybody knows. Yeah. Um. But Kill Bill, I think it it gets to the point where it's like he's so loud with everything that he does that I'm like, nah, I'm not feeling it. And um, you know, I honestly didn't love Reservoir Dogs. I've always thought it was just like, all right, I get it. I felt like I got it really quick and never like I was never gripped by it. Sure, Pulp Fiction's a good movie.
0: That's all I'm saying. But it's a good movie. Um, it
1: does. I think what it, I think what
0: what Pulp Fiction does is there's this category of those eye opener films that you're talking mm-hmm. about, like Tim Burton movies. You called it Fight Club adjacent, yeah. which I think is like, it's in the category of those eye opener movies for sure. Right. It's Di- like Darko.
1: Fight Club comes when you're in seventh grade, and Pulp Fiction comes when you're in ninth grade. Yeah, right? totally. Um, but the, the, you know, Pulp Fiction it's a good movie um there are parts of it that i find wholly uninteresting um i think that the first scene is real fantastic oh my god yes Um, and and
0: that's like i think that's where the movie shines is those two-person dialogue sequences right where like you've got that diner and you have two sets of people in, in this diner you've got like later in the movie of that pork discussion that happens between uh, Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. and John Travolta. But you've also got this bank robber couple that is fucking adorable. And the pacing on the dialogue is just great there. And then you also... The reason I brought it up is because I was reading a Ringer article about Bruce Willis and they briefly touched on his uh, his role as Butch in the movie. And I think that Butch in The Taxi... The boxer, Butch in the taxi, talking about how he just killed a man is yeah. one of the coolest sequences.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, that, I think Butch has never really done it for me. Um, I do, I do enjoy Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta in that movie. I think that, the fucking hamburger stuff, it's played out. Uh huh. But it's great. And, and Ving Rhames is, uh, is very good too. My favorite to answer your question, it's Harvey Keitel. Yeah, and I'll sure. tell you why, and I know that you know the answer to this, but it's something for our, 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 uh, for our, our listeners. You on? Harvey Keitel comes in. He's the cleaner. He's the fix it up guy. He's, he's very the Kenny good. Omega. In that. Yeah, he's very good in that role, um, and he's also somebody that you know that he is very dialed into what Tarantino is doing. And you can really tell that. And I always enjoy that aspect of, you know, the relationship that Murray has with Wes Anderson early on and to see Murray in the different roles that he takes in and just a full on understanding of like what Wes is trying to do. Yeah,
0: I, I, that's really true because comparing him to Murray there, I mean, like these guys are hams in these yeah. movies. Bill Murray's such a ham in all of those Wes Anderson movies and Keitel is a
1: total ham in *Pulp Fiction*. And and it's like it's fucking Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. That's that guy has got fucking weight behind him. Um, but there's a there's a you know part where he he comes in and he he tells everybody what to do and he's he's cleaning shit up and he asks uh, Tarantino's character in the movie to make some coffee and Tarantino says. How do you take it? And he says, lots of cream, lots of sugar. Exact opposite of what he should say. I've always really, really enjoyed the aspect of that conversation that somebody thought for a second, like, no, he, he should drink his coffee black, but lots of cream, lots of sugar. It's so good. It's so smart.
0: I definitely, when I was a kid, first starting to drink coffee, Lots of cream, lots of sugar, wherever I went. Right. I was just wolfing.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. And most people, by the time they're adults, grow out of it. They appreciate the taste of an El Salvador mm. and pour it over on a, a, great a, cup of coffee. On a Chemex. Um But the Tarantino movie that I like is Jackie Brown because it's like, Tarantino's a very good thief, right? And I say that. Not in a pejorative sense at all. Like, we're all like a, Shakespeare's a really good thief. Sure. Um, but Tarantino chose a movie uh, that, you know, harkens back to a specific era of film and the types of characters that go into those movies. And he made something that's just subtle. The entire thing is just a subtle. Uh, um, kind of hearkening back to this era of, of film that he really likes. Um, but when you get ahead to like Kill Bill and you see the guy fucking touching his Fu Manchu over and over again as he's training in Uma I'm just like, dude, fuck off. But it's the same with like Burton where sure. it's like, Man, you're so good when you're subtle at something and then yeah, you you're f- quiet and small. And then it's you great. figure out how to cash it in and it's just over the top and it's like, oh, man, that kind of fucks up like my entire perception it ruins of everything. You. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't know. I think he's a little loud. I think he's I like, don't he's, disagree. Yeah.
0: I I don't. He comes with plenty of caveats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch. Pulp Fiction the next time I'm sick at home.
1: You know what I'm going to do next time I'm sick at home? You know what I'm going to watch? Andrade versus Rey Mysterio from SmackDown on Tuesday. damn it,
0: that match. Okay, for
1: the elephant in the room, though,
0: do, do we really need to get rid of that name?
1: You'll be over in three months. But that was such a cool fucking name. You know what was a really cool name? Antonio Cesaro. That's true. He's still mad. That's Antonio Cesaro is a good name. Yeah, but Cesaro is what he is. He is Cesaro.
0: Andrade, like, I call him Almas when I'm talking about him.
1: Yeah, you know, and
0: that's a nickname too. That's such a cool nickname. It means a hundred
1: souls. That's so badass. I mean, if you're gonna pick anything, like Andrade CN is good. CN Almas is also good. Yes, it's uh. It's kind of a bummer. I'm hoping Riff over here isn't picking up, but... Uh, Oh, is that the pup? He's he's getting crate trained right now, so... he's not happy. Yeah, he's not happy. Poor guy. Uh, I wouldn't want to be in a crate either. Well, let's go... Before we get into that match, you know, the rumor mill over the past several months is that he's
0: not happy. Right, he's not stoked.
1: Yeah. But I think
0: we can all see you know, the potential here, right? I I think somebody, one of the journalists, just, like, haphazardly mentioned that he would love to see a a Rey, an Andrade feud. And if that happens, like, we just saw the beginning of it, potentially, and that match was just fucking
1: incredible. It was so good and so refreshing to see a match on SmackDown that spent... Six or seven minutes just with the two of them, like one upping each other a little bit and like stopping, looking over at the other one. You know, one of them maybe like clenching his jaw a little bit because, like, oh, you got one on me there. Mm-hmm. And it's like for the TV matches that you see, you get one or two of those and then you got to move on. And the fact that They just spent so much time doing like progressively cooler things that just ended up with them on opposite ends, with one of them standing and the other one like down on one knee, looking hard at the other one. Fucking fantastic! That's great, and just building from there. Like, man, there were so many good spots in that match, and also like so many that were alluded to you know ray holding on you know he's got his legs wrapped around the turnbuckle and he's holding himself up like andre andrade is going to do the double knees and we didn't even get there yet
0: yeah right stopped it. there's plenty of territory to be explored there but yeah like you said there were a lot of really great spots but it was also such a cohesive match. It was, I don't know how long it was, probably like 10, 12, 15 minutes.
1: Oh, I think it was longer than that. Was that it had really? Two commercial breaks. Dude, that yeah. was a, such a good match. Yeah, it was. And like seeing Ray also, you know, take those luchador moves um, that usually, you know, as far as in WWE and, you know, with like a head scissors. That just flips the guy over, but he's turning all of these into high-impact moves that look brutal.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I Yeah, I so Andrade is potentially one of those cusp guys, right, that we talked about, about potentially leaving the company, going to AEW, or something along those lines. He's one of those guys that's unhappy with this contract. Mm-hmm. And I think like something along these lines, whether it's with Ray or, or someone else, but having this like meaty feud with someone that can fucking wrestle. Yeah. Th- that's gonna make him happy and, and like and that's gonna ma- get the crowd behind him again. He was so good in NXT yeah. and they just haven't done anything with him. They they haven't heard him but they haven't done anything with him.
1: Yeah. I mean it, it felt like there were a couple times where they're like, Alright, we're uh we're gonna get behind this guy. He does matches with AJ, Daniel Bryan. He's looking good every time. He's losing, but he's looking good. Um, and then they just seem to forget about him for a couple weeks. And it's like, all right, what are you, what are you doing here? So um, I think that the tag match from last week did a lot. It just kind of put the, put everybody, you know, opening opened up their eyes to the idea that like, oh. They should just have a match and that's it. They should just have a match. And doing it in fucking Birmingham too. Yeah, it's
0: so cool. God
1: damn, that crowd was so into it after like the 7 minute mark. Just mm-hmm. so fucking into it. Mm. Um yeah, you want you want to see you want to see him happy. And I think like the U.S. belt is there for his taking, and it's the perfect thing for him to have right now. Yeah. Just because he's got... He's got Selena Vega there. I'm glad that she's still Selena Vega and not just Selena.
0: Oh, that'd be so dumb. Ugh, <laughs> it just is dumb. It's senseless, is what it is. It's not like this is... it, it. There's no purpose to doing this. It just is is making things... It's stripping something mild for no reason. It just makes me crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. I got
1: mad when we weren't allowed to play dodgeball in gym class anymore. And then a month later, what was I? What was I mad at gym every day?
0: I mean, you're still talking about it. <laughs> you're always bringing it up. It's true. That time when dodgeball got ended.
1: Remember I, on my golden birthday when i was like we're going to we're gonna go play dodgeball we're
0: playing dodgeball guys yeah i bought a bunch of dodgeballs i couldn't
1: rent out a space so we're just gonna play in the apartment (laughs) uh
0: i don't know where are we
1: well we also saw another guy who we were worried about what they're doing with him
0: his name is finn Ah, uh, big Finn. I think that there's a strong parallel. I think Andrade could easily be seen as the uh, as where Finn was maybe a year ago on SmackDown mm-hmm. as a as a top guy that's just not getting
1: top guy billing. I mean, honestly, where Finn was four months ago. Sure. Yeah. We've kind of just been waiting for this moment, and the idea that they play it like. Vince doesn't believe in him in a ring with all of these guys and the fact that Vince doesn't believe in him because he's in there with a bunch of tall meaty guys big men yeah. it was
0: all big men in that
1: match uh-huh like saying the most Vince thing or at least like the most like meta narrative Vince thing of like, oh, Vince is a body guy. Vince is a body. Well, you know that Vince is a body guy. And Vince is in there saying like, whoa, what about all of this beef? I don't think you can do it. And Vince like, they believe in me. And then he's got to fucking beat Jinder Mahal earlier in the a night. Beefy,
0: a beefy man himself. Oh, he's
1: so beefy. The only reason Vince liked him is because he came back so beefy. It's true. And... And then, yeah, go over, go over on Cena too. Cena oh, with the, so the ability to just be like, hey, this guy's cool, right? I think so. And everyone's like, yeah, John, you're right. I mean, and it's an interesting thing because
0: most of the time we have conventional wisdom going into a given match, right? And I think like watching that night play out. You could see pretty early on that this was Finn's. Mm-hmm. This was Finn's match to take, yep. right? The yep. odds were stacked against him. He's a total underdog. He's meta narratively an underdog. In story, he's an underdog. Perfect. He Versus wins. Versus Brock Lesnar. But now he's fighting Brock Lesnar. What What do we do here, though? Like, what What happened? I don't know what the path is because we still have this continuing underdog story of Finn, which should lead to him winning this match, right? But we also have. Brock Lesnar picking out, hand-picking opponents for matches that he's going to win, right? He picked out uh, Daniel Bryan. He fought AJ. So, I mean, I think conventional wisdom on that end dictates that Brock just wins this match and carries the belt to Mania.
1: Well, it, it's it's an exciting pick from Brock, I think, if you think about it in terms of, like, Finn has the ability to be brutal, We don't really see it because his moveset is, you know, very uh, amplified, very WWE at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's an exciting turn for Finn to be able to just, like, slap the shit out of Brock Lesnar for as long as he can. Um, Yeah, just keep
0: kicking him and hitting him?
1: It's kind of crazy how low... Finn star has felt for so long and now he's finally getting a match for the belt that we're all like why hasn't he asked for a title match for the belt he never lost and also against someone like Brock and I'm feeling like there's a chance.
0: I, I mean particularly with Brock's booking the surprise has always been the move like the past two years Mm -hmm. trying to subvert whatever the audience thinks is going to happen has always been the move. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the audience thinks is going to happen here. Like they, they played against so many smart decisions booking wise in order to make Brock's matches surprising and interesting themselves. Right. And I don't know what that means here. I mean, does, I think Finn's going to win this match.
1: I mean, Finn winning and then having a return mania match, I think is a fucking awesome uh, move. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't know where, I don't know who's facing Brock that's winning the Royal
0: Rumble. Right. I think that's the real issue here. We don't have a clear path from the Royal Rumble. I think everyone's kind of been talking about Seth just because he's a good placeholder. Yeah. It would
1: be a good match. It's honestly it feels like Seth is um the one that you put in there who can do what Roman was supposed to do.
0: Sure. Um We know he can carry a title.
1: Right. And him going over and finally like slaying Brock is kind of the Roman storyline, but um the crowd is obviously a little bit more behind Seth. I wonder like I wonder where the gen pop is at with him because the internet has been a little down on him. We've been a little bit I'm down Seth? on him. Yeah. But it's like, you know, what extent is that actually true?
0: Yeah. And I mean, if Seth Rollins wins the Royal rumble and challenges Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, word are in, right? right? We're excited yeah, totally. about that match. Mm-hmm. Even if his week to week isn't stellar or exciting. Yeah.
1: Um, I love that they put that, Intercontinental title on Bobby Lashley. That's great. It's so fucking good. It's good for Seth and Dean, too. Just, like, be out of here. Get that out of the Uh way. It was
0: so unnecessary for the last two months with them.
1: Yeah. So let's, I mean, I guess look at the card in a little bit of a more, uh, I guess, ephemeral sense, not like (laughs) like the, uh, uh, you know, who do you got here? Who do you got here? Who sure. do you got here? But um, I guess as we're going into it, like who do you think is a logical pick for like the men's Royal Rumble? I think we, I think we have a handful of like really
0: straightforward answers, including Seth. I think Drew McIntyre is an easy pick there. Yeah. Um. I also have a hard time framing this in a way. I always forget that, this could be for the SmackDown belt as well, right? Like, that's yeah. not something I'm really thinking of when I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like big marquee booking. The winner of the Royal Rumble challenges in the main event of WrestleMania, and Always I don't necessarily like know if raw. that happens. Yeah, yeah, it's raw, right? And
1: you kind of have to think that if the uh, the women's Rumble is a little bit easier to. Map out because it seems like if it's not Becky, then it's Charlotte. Right. If, if that's what we're going to with WrestleMania, um, I mean logically we're looking at a, are we looking at a Raw winner? But I guess Shin won last year, and so did Oscar. Yeah. Um, I mean that my one dark horse here is I.
0: I feel like Mustafa Ali challenging Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania would be bonkers. Yeah.
1: It feels like the, you know, they kind of talk on Pritchard Show whenever they talk about Royal Rumbles of the idea of just like a complete surprise winner. Like, you know, what if Bart Gunn won the Royal Rumble? Um, I don't know if, I don't know if it's just like, A hopefulness to it but with someone like daniel bryan holding the belt on the smackdown side and daniel bryan seemingly having an ability to create a feud with anybody because of who he is the idea that you get someone like mustafa ali or kofi kingston sure i just want i want that I wonder. That's what I, want.
0: I mean, and that's the thing, right? If it's going to happen on the SmackDown side, I think it's going to be a total surprise. If it's going to happen on the Raw side, it's going to be a utilitarian pick. Mm-hmm. That's like we need to figure out how to start a feud. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I could really
1: I could go either way, I guess. It seems like Seth is a is a front runner. Um I don't know about drew just because i don't know if he's got the main event pull, sure. i think that that's kind of the the thing that he's really lacking is you know that may be a great match but does that look good on a on a headline drew versus brock right
0: I, yeah i don't know i don't i maybe that doesn't maybe that's not a big enough name maybe he's been in the company for not long enough to make that work but I don't know. I he's also a bad guy. They'd have to figure that out, but that's possible. I'm really not sure. He's going to be in the main event at some point. Yeah. Right, like that's we know this, thing. but maybe it's not. We also got,
1: anymore. you know, we got Kevin Owens coming back maybe. Yeah, Sami Zayn coming on and back. off maybe. Um Dude, Kevin Owens was such a good Universal Champion. Yeah. That yeah. run was awesome. It was. And then uh, he lost to Goldberg. That was cool. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I think that uh, the women's side, it, it seems to be like, all right, how is how is Becky, Charlotte, and Rhonda going to happen? I kind of like the, I don't know if this was more uh, a matter of just making some sort of heat take place between Ronda and Sasha, but Ronda's saying, like, beating Sasha Banks is gonna look good for, you know, my resume, and Sasha, you know, having just won a taxi match with Ronda just be like, yo, hold Your up. Resume? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's just, like, something for them to chew on so that they have something going into this match, or if it's the idea that there's gonna be, like, a subtle turn of ronda which i mean she's fucking pushed charlotte and becky off of a ladder
0: yeah i think that it would be easy to turn her i think the crowd would love to boo her Mm -hmm. she'd be so easy to boo
1: right and and we already have like she's got heat between those two but if we can slowly turn that motivation into heel motivation then it's like all right we're golden on this one because Obviously the crowds behind Becky, um and Charlotte. Yeah, and Charlotte even like mm-hmm.
0: Ron is gonna get booed if there's a triple threat, Ron is getting booed against both of those women.
1: Yeah. Right? Because and I think, she's not as interesting. Right. And they've it's kind of awesome that they are seeming to embrace that fact. They're not looking at they're not looking at it as like, well, she's uh she's gotta be a baby because- she's ronda rousey we brought her in here and look at how great she's doing um it's they're allowing her character to become more interesting and a little bit more dictated by like how the fans are feeling about her and the landscape of things.
0: sure yeah yeah she's definitely adapting to how uh the entirety the whole the whole environment feels but i also so thinking about that right like we know some combination of that is happening in mania Does that need to involve the Royal Rumble at all? Becky Lynch could say like, "I want to fight Ronda Rousey." I mean, so could Charlotte. That's certainly true.
1: And um, you know, there's enough between. I mean, Becky could say just like as easily like, this all started when Charlotte inserted herself into my title shot. So that's what I'm doing here. Sure. Like, try and stop me and the crowd would love it. And yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point too because if she's not, if Asuka's going to still hold the belt, like we don't want to leave her hanging. That's very true with, with
0: no one in the division. Yeah, with her belt
1: in her hands.
0: I wonder also though, I, I think there's an opportunity for Becky to do to just fucking run through this division. She I I think there's an opportunity for the, the old double win, the win the championship belt and insert yourself into the Royal Rumble. I think there's like oh, there's man. plenty of opportunity for something. Where Becky is at this point where conventional She's storytelling is matter. just doing whatever the fuck she wants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that's a really good point too. I mean, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when Naito was entering himself in uh he was in the G1 and he was like mm-hmm. I can't wait to win the G1 and then I I can't even challenge my I'm gonna be the champ, right? <laughs> I think like that idea is is such a cool, interesting way to like just propel someone that's already above and beyond anything else.
1: Yeah, and that that's a really good point. Um, do you think do you think other titles are changing hands on this? Do you think that AJ and and Brian are are gonna have one last great match and then go their separate ways? I think so. I don't know. I mean.
0: AJ's been in that title picture for so long. Yeah. I think it's I think it's time, but whatever, dude, they could fight for the next year and it would probably be really cool.
1: You know, it'd be great. Him and Andrade at WrestleMania. That's very true.
0: That's very true. Mm-hmm.
1: Andrade just like comes away with the stones to be like I want AJ Styles and AJ Styles, what's he going to do? Walk away from a fight? Yeah, no way. He's gotta he's gotta stand up for himself. Not Alan James Styles.
0: What else is there? Anything else on this card that I don't know?
1: I think it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, totally. Um, the Royal Rumble, dude. It's yeah. gonna be great. And I, I'm excited for the like. Last year it was just so much fun watching it and having the men's. Royal Rumble match. Oh, that the was, third. The on crowd the popped. Oh my
0: god! That room popped so hard uh-huh. when the, the, the men's match was first. Oh, uh, it was great.
1: And yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. It'll be a cool environment for it too. The fucking baseball. Yeah. Stadium. Is it
0: outside? Yep. That's so cool.
1: I think that that's a. I think that place might have a retractable roof. Um, I, think I don't it's think it's open. gonna really make a. A difference either way because I'm just thinking about like the crowd for this sort of thing Like, you know pe- talking about surprise entrances and the way that H. J. Styles just elevated himself by walking out and having that entire dome just go crazy uh-huh. over it um you're not gonna really get that in a baseball stadium
0: yeah that's true but. The, the noise, yeah. The noise is going to be interesting. The sound is going to be interesting.
1: But I do like that they're, I, I like the idea that the Royal Rumble is a big enough show to put in a place like that.
0: Hell yeah. I think that makes things really fun. It elevates stakes to have these mid-sized stadium, the baseball stadium shows. Mm-hmm. Mania's at a football stadium. Yeah. Weekly's at small basketball arenas. Right. It's great.
1: Summer is going to be at the Indy 500 track this summer is that true no i'd be really into that um not much coming from the aew world as as far as i know i think the the big announcement and um still no word on the tv deal but it's still uh it's still exciting a lot to look forward to there
0: i mean i think what's interesting there is like I don't know how much more big news we're gonna get until we start seeing that card get put together. I mean, dude, it got me watching Being the Elite again. I guess is one of the things that happened there. Yeah. And once we start getting that card put together, I think we're gonna start chatting a little bit more about all the weird, interesting rumors.
1: I'm getting excited too for this takeover, Phoenix. Chompa dude, I Black, haven't you know? even thought
0: about this show until yeah. last week. I like caught up a little bit on NXT. Dude.
1: It's going to be such a good show. I love Bianca Belair. She's great. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how that's going to go with uh Shayna.
1: Dude, it's like it's going to be interesting to see how Bianca Belair versus Shayna Baszler goes and then Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey goes sure. cuz it's like it's like yeah, those two can be competitive but they're so tiny and they're facing such big people. These big people with huge wrestle muscles. Uh-huh. Um and Ricochet Gargano is also oh, gonna be like, oh, bad man. boy Gargano! Oh, he's so good! I didn't think he was capable of being as good as he is as a bad guy. He's so lovable. Look at that face! He's so lovable. That face is somebody you'd like to get a cup of coffee with. Hey, you know who I like getting a cup of coffee with? You, Scott. Oh, thanks. God damn, it's uh, it's amazing that you came over here and shoveled out your your car. Shoveled out the Oldsmobile. I didn't shovel out
0: my car. No. Oh. It's a Buick. Oh. But thanks. Whenever. I took I d- an Uber to your house. Oh, you did? Yeah. What
1: the fuck happened then with your... You were shoveling out your house?
0: I was just yeah. shoveling like stuff to get it. Like, Jessie's coming back from work. I'm trying to make it nice when she gets home. Oh, we also, yeah? legally, you have to shovel your sidewalk.
1: Oh, Not you. don't even get me started about you that. You gotta do it. Hey, why? Why should I have to do that? If I don't want to do that, then I shouldn't hey, have to do that. It's my sidewalk. God damn fucking... It's like the elemental fucking stupidity of some of these these like libertarian arguments. Like, oh, why should I have to do that? Because it's about being fucking just be a person. Nice, dude. Jesus Christ! Just be cool. Everything is a goddamn inconvenience to your gosh darn life. What? What? I don't know. Just be cool. That's yeah, all. Just be cool. And all you out there, we already know that you're cool, but uh be cooler if you can. It's not that hard. I'm I I get cooler and cooler every day. Oh, thirty two cool. years, thirty two episodes, I'm the coolest I ever been. I don't need to have no party about that. I can just rent a car and buy myself some beers. <laughs> But we will be back next week. We'll talk a little bit more about the Rumble, the developments of all of the things, and maybe uh, maybe I'll go ahead and watch a, a Tarantino movie again for old times' sake and I can tell you about how stupid it is. But either way, we're only here because we like hanging out with each other. So we're going to do it again next week. We hope you enjoy it, and we hope you join us then. Thanks,
2: Go